Hey, y'all, what's up? It's your girl, Sydney Clark, or as I told y'all, Dr. Sydney Clark. But, you know, nonetheless, it's me, whichever name you choose to call or refer to me as. I'm actually liking the idea of being the fashionable PhD. I really, I really love that for me. And then we'll, we'll get into that later. But Check out the Instagram at the fashionable PhD. And if you haven't already, make sure you drop in to www.thefashionablephd.com and get your merch. Mm -hmm. Yes, you heard it, merch. Well, I'm so glad you guys have joined me. Welcome, 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 new friends, old friends. So glad to have you. And today I have a special guest, the future. Dr. Desi Wilson. Well, I've already referred to her as Dr. Wilson. We're going to claim it in advance. And she is behind the brand. (laughs) And she is behind the brand on purpose for purpose. Today, we're going to get into a brief discussion or an extensive discussion on the untold stories of Black women and high expectations. So without any further ado, I'll let Desi come in and introduce herself and tell you a little bit about on purpose for purpose. Yes, I like that introduction. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, you guys, my name is Daisy Wilson. Um, I am currently the owner of On Purpose for Purpose, which is an organization uh, built to help people who are considering to start businesses or small business owners who are just looking for that help in between. Um, I've been in management and operations for a little bit over 15 years now. Right, helping other businesses build and make millions of dollars. So I'm now starting a business where I can put back in my community and help others around who need that help. Um, also, I have a lead podcast that's dedicated to that motivation you need whenever you're starting businesses. I know a lot of time we need that motivation because let's be truthful, business is not always good. So I wanted to start a podcast that was dedicated so you can hear that motivation. Um, Be sure to check it out. The LEAD stands for Leadership Education and Development Podcast. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And also be sure to follow her on Instagram as well. You can go ahead and tell me your Insta. My Instagram is on purpose for purpose. You can't miss it. All pink. (laughs) All all pink. And, you know, that's my favorite color. (laughs) So Desi originally reached out to me on Instagram. I'm assuming she saw the viral post and video that many of you have seen. And she started a discussion about what does it mean to be or have high expectations and being a black professional, being a woman, what are some of the pros and cons? We also discussed the need for empowerment within our culture for black women and what that looks like. And so I'll let Desi go ahead with some of the Q&A. This session will, this podcast session will be more of a Q&A forum and let's go. Absolutely. So I want to jump straight into the pictures, of course, right? That's how we connected. Um, so when you posted these pictures, when you, whenever you put these pictures together, what was on your mind whenever you posted these pictures? Um, I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. Let's go. That was my thought process. Thank you, God, the most high creator of all things. Oh, my God. Um, When I put the pictures, when I had this idea, it came to mind, like I've mentioned before, 
the photographer, which is at Nightfall Motion Pictures on Instagram, Darius is the shooter. Me and him have been friends for a long time. We met in undergrad. He, he took my undergrad photos, my master's photos and master's video that ironically went viral as well. <laughs> and then uh, my doctoral photos. And so when I called him, just like with anything else, I'm like, I have this vision that I want to bring to life. Um, I, I have, I showed him pictures like a mood board, right? I showed him picture of the grill that I wanted. And I told him, now, I want this grill, this gold, but I'm going to get the grill to say da-da-da-da-da. And he was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, for me, if you look at most of the posts on my page, it's kind of about breaking this glass ceiling, right? I don't do Absolutely. things with the hopes of, like, going viral or anything like that. It's more about telling my story through creative expression. So with this photo, I... I mean, I'm from Texas, right? Where we do gold grill swangers and <laughs> screw music and all the things, right? Slab lines. That's, that's, that's who I am. That's what I grew up uh, watching and seeing, sitting in my front yard with my grandparents, the cars coming down, swinging in and out of lanes, you know, it's just who I am. And why not, right? Um, I want to show that, I am all these things. Yes, I'm smart. Yes, I'm intelligent. But I am her. Like the the young kids are saying, I am her. I am her who listens to rap music. I listen to gospel and I listen to the finest jazz and R&B. But I also listen to rap music, right? I also can wear urban streetwear on my days off when I'm out of the office and look nice and clean and polished you know just kind of breaking the ceiling of what a doctor looks like so many times we're forced to be in these spaces and conform and change our identity and suppress who we are and it's time out for that it's just time out for that all the way around so Absolutely. I knew that I wanted to tell my story and be me I wanted my personality to come out right oftentimes when I was sitting in a classroom there weren't a lot of people who looked like me Right. When I would go to different mm -hmm. meetings or whatever, there are not a lot of people who look like me. And oftentimes in communication, when people were here and they would say, oh, when you're from Beaumont and I'm like, yeah, I'm from Beaumont. Right. There's like this. Oh, my God. She's from Beaumont. Right. Um, and she's sitting at the table like I'm sitting at the table with CEOs and CFOs and neuroscientists and aerospace engineers and like people like when I say like mind blown about the people that I've sat at tables with, right? I never would imagine, uh, well, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't imagine because I know that I'm capable of sitting at tables with these people, but you go, you understand what I'm saying. Um, and they're always shook and taken back. So with that, I always, it's like an energy booster, right? I want them to see people that look like me, that's from where I'm from. And it kind of changes one person at a time, whatever preconceived notions or stereotypes they have about us and what we look like and what we're incapable of doing. Now you've sat at a table with someone who looks like this, right? One of my meetings, I had band two knots out. Sometimes I would go to class with my hair in a fro. I wear braids. I wear all the things, right? I have on the Jordans. I had on, and I might have on a business suit or business dress with Jordans or Yeezys, right? I am all of these things. And I still can articulate and sit at the table and go back and forth and have discourse with the best of them. So that was kind of the idea, me being me and showing it like, we here, this is for us. 
And you'll hear it's me. That's what it is. Absolutely. Like, this is for us. This is for us. This is for the people that's coming after me. These are for the people who fought like hell before me to be able to make space and to take up space. So that's kind of just what that was about. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I don't think you understand that the picture, how the pictures you posted kind of really set the bar. You know, because when I seen them, I was like, oh, yes. Like, I was I was hyping you up. You couldn't even see it. I was hyping you up. I, like, I had just graduated myself. I mean, I even have sisters. Like, she didn't even, we didn't even communicate. And she just called me like, hey, I want you to give me this grill when I graduate from my doctoral program. And I'm like, you got to be talking about Dr. Pence. She's like, how you know? <laughs> like, of course, because she's the first one. Like, we see, like, you did it. I truly appreciate it, right? Because I think we have this imposter syndrome where we have to sit back and we have to be someone else in order to be successful. So you're just showing people behind you, as you stated, like, you can do this and you can still be smart, right? Successful, while we're in a grill because that's where we come from it doesn't mean anything so I appreciate it I just didn't think that you knew how much you set the bar because I almost went and got my grill the next day to wear in class like you see me this is me <laughs> and you know, absolutely yeah and you know it's so funny you brought up a point of like us you know, kind of like shrinking in spaces for lack of better terms, right? When you think about mm -hmm. the NBA draft, they just had the NBA draft. So many of those young guys who were less melanated had grills in their mouth, had chains, had all the things, right? And then you look at the young, more melanated guys, the black guys, you know, and media will say, oh, they're flashy. Oh, they're, they're irresponsible with their money on all these things, right? I remember watching the Olympics a couple of years ago and Ryan Lochte, he swam in the Olympics, which is a, a Caucasian swimmer, swam, won, and when he jumped out of that pool, he smiled and his grill was shining top and bottom diamonds. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I was like, wow. You know, like, wow. I was like, okay, let's go. Like, you know, um, and like I mentioned offline, I had a conversation with one of my friends and this might ruffle a few feathers, but she said something to me and she said, oftentimes it's cool for everybody to be black except for black people. And so we have this term about cultural appropriation and people are going back and forth in discourse on what it is and what it's not, what it looks like, when it's acceptable, when it's not acceptable, right? And so that's one of those things gold and all of those things started way back in africa kings and queens that looks like us right way a long time ago if you really want to get into the history that's the nerd in me um <laughs> that is us we are royalty right and uh yeah so it's it's cool for everybody to be black and take up space but black people and so we owe it to ourselves to be our authentic selves in all spaces Absolutely. We're here now. And speaking on that push, like, what do you feel like the need? Because, you know, Black women, you know, especially are put against each other. And now, now coming into now, this might rough a little fellow, but we coming together, right? We holding each other's hand. What is your expectation or thoughts on, like, the need for empowerment within the Black culture itself and Black women? 
So I think, again, I think back to one of my mentors, Dr. Clarissa Booker from the illustrious Prairie View A&M, who was not only my professor, but a good mentor to me. She always said that I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I never want to be the only one in the room that looks like me. Right. So I feel like we owe it to like, again, we owe it to ourselves and the ones that's coming after us to kind of go into these spaces, be courageous, be bold. We're going to take some lashes, just like our ancestors took lashes for us. They crawled so we can walk, so to speak, that we say all the time. We also have to kind of bear that cross for those it's, and not be afraid to bear the cross. I said before in one of the a forum that I was speaking on that I feel like we should throw out a rope. Once you've reached a certain level of success, you need to throw out a rope, drop some breadcrumbs behind you, right? When you're off in the wilderness, they show you Cub Scouts and drop things on the ground so you can know how to find your way back. A lot of times we go so far and we forget how to find our way back. Don't forget to find yeah. your way back. Don't forget to find your way back right don't forget that Absolutely. information that you have access to sometimes information i had to work to get a lot of information that i have and now that i have that information i need to make sure that these other people who look like me have that same access to that information and they don't have to go digging under dusted dusty bookshelves and closed off <laughs> dungeons and all this stuff to find the information i have access to the information let me put let me disseminate this information to them so that they don't have to work as hard to achieve right I think that empowerment right. looks different in many kind of ways, right? You, it might be a form of social media. Through that picture, I've received so many messages of people saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? I was like, okay. I, I was shook because again, I didn't do it with the intent. I always do things intentional with a message right. behind it, right? Um, so it was I, was, I was overwhelmed by the response the number of responses that I received saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I was intentional. Remember I said I, I did it because I want them to know you are X, Y, and Z, right? We need to be intentional about how we move. We need to be intentional about how we speak about each other, right? I, Me and my cousins can talk about our cousins in the house all day. That's what you do. But if I go outside the house, I'm not talking about my cousins with strangers. I don't sit. I personally don't sit in spaces where people are talking negatively about black people. And I engage in conversation that is negative or demeaning to black people. And they could be saying a lot of stuff that I, don't, I agree with, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. So we owe it to ourselves to have a standard, to move with intentionality, to have a level of decorum. Don't forget where you came from. You might not be, I'm from Beaumont. I might not be able to always go back to Beaumont, right? But what I put on social media, make sure that it's meaningful, that people see it and can take and learn something from it, right? When I'm in meetings at work or I run across a young black professional, be kind to her, welcome her. A lot of times we get so caught up in our day-to-day tasks. I'm busy. I don't have time for this. Make time. It takes nothing to be nice, to give a few words of encouragement, ask how someone's day is doing. We owe it to ourselves. Everybody else is 
Um, and a lot of times, like when I'm thinking about empowerment too, others, other people are more successful than black people because, and this is something that I spoke on publicly in different forums as well, is that other people aren't afraid to make a phone call for someone's kid or someone they know to be able to come into a room. They could not have the they yeah. can they cannot even have the minimum requirements to get a seat at the table. But because someone made a phone call, they now have access to sit at a table. We need to be able to not be afraid to make phone calls. Oh, we need to not be absolutely. afraid to say, here's a seat. Come come sit on side of me at this table and learn right my goal would ultimately be to collect a lot of black professionals and there are organizations that do this already but creating a, a a space for young black professionals to take kids and mentor them bring them to work with them during the summertime let them see you know day-to-day -day operations and what it looks like sitting in on meetings know how to conduct themselves how to speak in rooms, how to dress, how to walk boldly into rooms with their head up, their chest out, right? And see people like them doing these things. And I'm not necessarily saying go into like the private schools or the high income areas. I'm talking about going into those title one school areas, low income areas where these kids don't yeah. have access to this kind of realm or seeing black people in this life in their day-to-day -day life other than what they see on tv and da, da, da. and that's almost like a glass ceiling like i can see it but i can't obtain it so again when it comes to empowerment we have to break this glass ceiling some of us are going to have to pull up our sleeves and do the dirty work we can't all be so far removed i hope i answered that question absolutely i think you put it you put it in a great way i think it's just very important to put back in our communities um, it's hard sometimes, you know, but me coming from not being able to see, right, not being able to touch or be around those things is hard for you to imagine. You only imagine what you know you see other than what you see on TV, right? I wanted to be a doctor when I was young and somewhere in between those dreams fell off, right? Because it was like, oh, you can't be a doctor because of who you are, you know, where you come from. But then as I started climbing and, you know, people started holding my hand, women started saying, come on, let me show you. This is the way. It was like, okay, I can, re I can really do this. Like, it's right there in front of me. So, like, I feel so empowered by the women who have helped me up because that's the only reason why I am where I am, where it's like I always feel like I got to reach back and help another young lady or help another young man. Like, hey, this this is the way right here <laughs> and it's all room it's room at the top for everybody so long as we keep going this way this is the way you go this is the way you go I feel like we'll all get there one day and as you stated we, we're afraid to make those phone calls we're, we're afraid to work together because we're afraid oh this person may pass me no it's room at the top for everybody and that's my favorite saying um, with that being said some of the expectations that are set for us, right? So it's, it's okay for everybody to be black except us. Let's talk a little bit about those expectations that are put on us that makes us sweat when we work. <laughs> As you mentioned before, I think imposter syndrome is a really big thing because so many times society tells you you're not good enough, right? 
oh, you're from you're from Meridian, Mississippi. Desi, you're not good enough. People, people from Mississippi don't do that. People from Mississippi can't do this, right? You're from Beaumont, Sydney. You can't do this. People from Beaumont don't do that. Um, and so you, but not bigger than that, like we think about the things that's being put in mass media about black people constantly, constantly, constantly. Again, how 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 we thought ourselves, again, that piece right there, too. It causes us to have imposter syndrome. And I know that I've suffered with that in different capacities, even in my role right now. I'm in a leadership role right now. My direct reports are older than me. And so it's this young, and it, it would cause me to be like, oh my God, like what makes me qualify for this position? Now I've worked my butt off. <laughs> to surpass the minimum requirements to obtain this job. <laughs> but then it's me sitting here and being like, how did I do this? What Am I supposed to be here? Or sitting at other leadership meetings with leaders who are on the same playing field as me, who are older, more seasoned. And it's like, well, why are you here? Do you desire to be here? You know, and God forbid on your job, you make a mistake. You're human though, right? But because you have this imposter syndrome, you're like freaking like, oh my God, uh, oh, I forgot to put the date on the DocuSign. Oh no, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, that's okay. It's okay, you forgot to put the date. It's okay, life goes on, you know? Even sitting in these doctoral programs, like I said, it's little it's little on me from Beaumont, Texas, sitting at the table with the best of them. Sitting at the table with the best of them. I'm like, it has two impacts, right? Either like it's going to charge you up or it's going to really play on your mind and your your whatever insecurities you have, right? And kind of the expectation, you know, the expectation for us is so high, not from our parents. Your parents expect you to do well. You know, you can't let your parents down. They want you to do stuff that they, you could be doing everything right. It still might not be good enough to <laughs> To them. you know that's just like that's just black culture like you're like well doc what you mean what else what else, what else? <laughs> what else? um <laughs> so then we have society constantly telling us oh like i said somebody will make a phone call somebody's less qualified sitting at the table next to you and you you've got the degree you've got the years of experience and you're sitting there saying like why me there's research that shows that like black women, we're underpaid. We're the most qualified, overqualified, and the less paid. A black woman, for a black woman to get a job, she has to X every single dot on the list. Every single one. It's not fair. The expectations are high. It's not fair. It's not fair. Cause and, and what I've noticed is like these expectations are sometimes unrealistic, especially once you get into those seats and you're looking at those people on side of you and again, they might not even have a bachelor's degree. And it's no disrespect, but you know, they make more than me. So I think not there there's two sides to it there's like these societal expectations of 
what a black woman has to do in order to be successful, in order to reach a certain economic uh, status, all these expectations. But then there's the other side of expectations that I think that I hold for myself, right? When I look and it has nothing to do really with the level or the degree that I've acquired, but more about my integrity, more about me moving in an ethical manner, more about me being courageous, more about me being confident. So when I think about my expectation of myself, yeah, society has an expectation of me and I'm going to do that anyway. We're going we, we're, we're to do that. Right. Look at us. Black women are the most educated. When they look at degrees awarded at every university, every every degree, it's black women. Batch associate degrees, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, doctoral degrees. It's black women. So society has placed these expectations on us that have made us a little crazy. We a little crazy. <laughs> um, but it's almost, I feel like I'm going on a tangent, but the, the expectations piece is like, there are realistic expectations and unrealistic expectations. And I think that we have to be mindful when we have all these things that are saying, you have to be this, you have to be that, is really being mindful of your mental health during these things. Because you are enough, right? Absolutely. And being okay with knowing that you are enough. Be being okay with knowing as long as you you have to have a self-efficacy and confidence in your ability. And I think that when you have that it kind of helps with the expectations because sometimes the expectations are so much that it can take you to a dark place. And uh, I don't know, like my head is going everywhere just thinking about like expectations, <laughs> expectations, high expectations. Cause you, as a black woman, you have it from everywhere. You have it from everywhere. You have it from society. You have it from your home. You have it from your colleagues. You have it from yourself and so how do you operate at your highest self prioritize your mental health and still succeed still excel i think the only way that we can do that is by putting mental health first because if you Absolutely. don't put yourself first and your mental capacity everything else underneath is going to crumble so the expectations won't even matter You can't do anything. That's why you see in the media, there was this doctor that recently committed suicide. I don't know what her story was, but I know another person that was in a PhD program and they committed suicide. All people of color, all black people. The person I know that said, oh, it was a young man. He was in his doctoral program and say he was super stressed. He he was having imposter syndrome. He was like at NYU or Columbia. I can't remember. 
He was so stressed. He was suffering from imposter syndrome. Then he was working and he was all these things, all these expectations, all these expectations. But if you don't put your mental health first, everything underneath the crumble. So I think that when it comes to high expectations, some of them are unrealistic. It's not fair. We know that we have high expectations. We know that we work twice as hard to achieve to be successful. But what I've learned is if your mental health is not intact, all of that, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. So what you got the job, but then you go home crying every night. So what you got the income, but you can't even, you go home and you're depressed. You can't even go and enjoy the fruits of your labor. So when it comes to high expectations, I think that there should be some kind of balance. I think that you should have conversations with yourself. You set your own bar. You set your own expectations. Prioritize your mental health. And my motto is I do what I can do and I don't do what I can't do. Absolutely. So expectations, they're there. Uh, absolutely. What you want to prioritize and how you want to go about executing them. I think you you said a lot. You got me thinking now. <laughs> High expectations, they're there. Um, I agree in your workplace and in your home. And I just want to share, like when I applied for my doctoral, I did talk to a career advisor. And it was at a moment that kind of discouraged me from even applying because she was like, well, you know, everything you're doing right now, uh, I don't think it would be the best to go get your doctoral degree. Why are you? Why are you going to get this degree? And, you know, before I knew it, it was like, you know, our stories may be a little bit different. You're right. I'm not in a job position that says I need a PhD, but I'm not doing it for a job uh, because my end goal is not <laughs> to be working forever. Right. I'm doing this for my kids. Right. I'm doing this for all the other women so that they can see you can do this first generation. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting people know that this can be done and like you stated that mental health space especially when you're first generation or you don't have many people around you you know that's doing the same thing you you can really be put in a space like am I doing the right thing <laughs> right I know throughout I, I think about it all the time but then I have to remember you know when my kids are like mama you about to be a doctor and like the a smile on their face it's like you're doing it for them so that they won't have to go through that second guessing of feeling like I can't be this when you see it you know you can do it so I, I definitely agree with you with that mental health space uh which brings me into my next question the need to network and socialize with other people with coming goals because I know it's hard like it's hard when you're not around the people who are who have the same goals or shooting for the same same life or where you want to be is hard because if they're not there right if they're in the same space it will pull you back every single time I don't care how strong-minded you are if you hang around goats you'll become a goat <laughs> every single day um so what are your thoughts on the need to network and social socialize with other people with coming goals I think that what you said is powerful during this time and during this space you'll find yourself in isolation in a very, like, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that I found myself in really dark spaces. It's not because I didn't have family that supported me. It's not because I didn't have friends that supported me, but by being the first person to go through, get what it takes to get a PhD, I was alone. 
So it's like, you didn't understand. They want to understand. They can empathize with me, but they weren't able Absolutely. to truly understand how much it was taken out of me in, in addition to life. In, in addition to life, life was happening. We'll talk more about how much life happened to me throughout the four years offline, but so much life happened while doing this. And so I think that it's very important to network with people. Like I said, the young lady at my job, Nakaya, day one, she told me she was getting, she was a first year. She hadn't even started her classes yet. It was going to be her first year as a PhD student. It was my last year. I took her, I gave her a hug, much like I told you, congratulations, Dr. Nakaya. Congratulations, Dr. Desi. You need that kind of reinforcement. You need someone who's bearing the cross before you letting you know that it can be done. We can have, I spoke to Nakaya today, actually. And I told her, just remember along this journey, everyone's not going to get it. Me and you can have conversation and discourse and I'm going to understand exactly what you're talking about. And then there's some moments that I won't because we're human and we have individualistic experiences. But overall, when it comes to getting this PhD and understanding the level of grit, the mental, physical, and emotional toll that it takes on you, I understand it. And it and then again, it impacts everyone differently, right? Community. You need community. You think about Black Wall Street. Why was Black Wall Street so successful and so prominent? Why did they want to burn it down? Those Black people came together and built an empire together. Community. 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 Someone on social media said, bring back, like, where's the Black community? Like, bring back community. Bring back, you know, uh, cookouts and all of those things. You need those people around you so that you can have discourse, so you can unwind together, right? You need a safe space. I'm very intentional about creating a safe space around me. Like I said, because I am human, I have to show up in the world as one way, as a, as a professional, 25-8. When I'm at home, I want to be able to relax and I can do that with my friends, but you still want to be able to relax and decompress and talk about academia or whatever. And you can only do that with the people who are in that same space as you. Again, your family and friends, they don't want to talk about that all day. My friend made a joke. She said, Sydney, now that you got your PhD, don't come over here because I've talked to them all the time. <laughs> using those big words. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know what I mean? So you need that sense of community. It's going to charge you up. Yeah, you have your friends. Yeah, you have your family, right? But you need that your own network that you can call. Hey, girl, I'm working on this research proposal for da-da-da-da. Have you worked with this journal before? Do you have any feedback? Hey, girl, I'm editing. Do you think you can look at this over, look this over for me? Hey, you know, it's just little things that you need somebody that's on the same playing field with you. We're stronger together. You said that there's so much trying to break us apart, compare us, you know, they talk about the colorism and this and that. And we're black. <laughs> we're black. At the end of the day, we're black. In the eyes of everybody else, we look the same. 
We're black. I don't have time for that. We need each other. We only successful with each other. All these other people, if you look at, I often said when I was living in LA, I'm like, why is there a Korea town, a Chinatown? There's no Africa town. There's no black town. <laughs> like, and when you go to Koreatown, every business over there is owned by Koreans. The real estate is owned by Koreans. They're getting rich. Wealthy. The show on Netflix, Crazy Rich Asians. They well, they're wealthy. You go to Chinatown, every business, every restaurant, all the real estate. Now, are there only these people living in the real estate? No. But who owns the real estate? Who owns the apartment complexes? Who owns the condos that you're renting and leasing from? They talk about how fast the black dollar leaves our community. Well, when I go to the side of town where it's minorities, even those businesses aren't even owned by people that look like me. So I might be spending my money at the bodega or the corner store or whatever you call it where you're from in my neighborhood, but that money is not generating in my neighborhood because it's not owned by someone who looks like me. Community, what are we doing to like stay together? We already have all these economic gaps in comparison to all the others. We need each other. So again, just bringing it back full circle and zoning in, like us, we need to be able to go into think tanks. We need to be able to have discourse and challenge each other in a safe space. That's why you need other people who have similar goals as you, like you said, building you up, building you up, build, charging you up. You need to go and refuel. When the world is beating you down and taking everything from you, you need a safe space to go in, talk to your colleagues and peers who are on the same like wavelength as you or have same common interests in this particular area as you and charge you up. Like I said, y'all have my friends, you know, who are not um, in academia or whatever. And I have my family members and stuff like that. But I need... Gotta have a balance. I have to have my the other people who I can go into think tanks with. And it's not to say I can't do that with them, but you understand what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, if I'm writing an article, if I'm wanting to do a research proposal, if I have a new business venture or what grants are out there, do you have any experience with grant writing? Do you have any, it's certain things. I'm trying to get tenure at the university. Or let's be honest. Sometimes we get these degrees and we don't know what we're going to do with them. So you need somebody else who can say, well, girl, you got this degree. So that means you can do this, this, and this. Let's be for real. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's be for real. People ask me all the time. I'm like, look, I know what I want to do, but realistically, transparently speaking, like you said, for me, it was more so about showing it was just a goal of mine. It was just a right. goal of mine. 
It was just a goal of mine. It's something that I just went to do. So my kids <laughs> didn't know, yeah, my mom is a doctor. Yeah. I'm, and my husband would be like, yeah, my wife's a doctor, doctor wife, doctor mom, doctor. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good knowing that at the bare minimum, I went to that university and I sat at the table with those other people and sat with the best of them and showed my face and took up space. And now that they, now the next time a black person comes into their organization looking for a seat at the table, looking for their job, maybe they'll think about me. Maybe they'll give them a chance because they met somebody like me. Absolutely. Network. Also, so important. Yeah, network. And now also, we also, not only do we network with each other, but we need to use our cohorts of networks and network out. Like I said, like, oh, I, my, my friends will tell you all the time that I need this. I was like, you know what? Actually, I have, I know somebody. Let me connect you. I'm not gatekeeping all the information to myself. Community. Oh, you do this? She does this? Oh, y'all be great if y'all connect and collab. That's why I, I like to do that. Network. Network. I'll be it is so festival networking. Looking for other black professionals that's down there. Networking. You know? That's the only way we grow. That's Absolutely. the only way. It's very important. That's the only way that we grow. Um, I just joined a sorority, um, which is something new for me because I never pictured myself um uh, being in the sorority as tomboyish that I, I was growing up. But again, that was another goal of mine. Um, and it's a sorority dedicated to people earning their degrees online. You get that opportunity to feel and just my line of sisters just meeting such outstanding women. I met another doctor from Mississippi, right? Um, mental health. And I told her, say I ain't got my own therapist. I could just call for free because you, my friend, it's a beautiful Ashton. She's my friend, my go-to friend that put the word back in me, you know, speak life into me when I'm down. You know, I got my baby sister, Danelle, like the connections that I met with these women. A lot of them out of Houston, um, but the connections all over the world is just such an empowerment thing, you know, because we were looking like, oh, she's over here and she's over there, but we all connect. And we all need each other in that special little way. I believe God doesn't, you know, make anything happen for any reason. Just that push that you need. And those extra sisters that I got to come along and tell me, no, 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 you you need to do this. Hey, when I posted my podcast, they all, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And you need that sometimes. We all need a pat on the back, no matter who we are, right? To let us know, like, I see you, I, I appreciate you, and I'm big about letting people know I appreciate you. <laughs> you are appreciated. Um, it goes a long way. Those words go go a long way. So the networking, the getting out the house, because all I know is work, right? I, I would work on my birthday. So that push of, hey, we're going to do something. Let's get out. You need to get out. Let go of work, right? <laughs> Enjoy yourself. That that networking and social thing is what I need. And just to have friends on different levels has definitely pushed me to be a better person. Yeah, re 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 refine, retune. Iron sharpens iron. That's what they say. Iron sharpens iron. And so you Absolutely. always want to be surrounded by people. Like they say, I never want to be the smartest person in a room, right? 
and you treat everyone with respect. This is a, another thing too, but like as a leader and growing, it's also important to treat everyone with respect. Like they say, from the janitor to the CEO, right? You don't know everything. The janitor, you can have a, a conversation with the janitor and just because you got this degree and you're sitting in the CEO suite, the janitor can come and tell you something about what you're doing that you didn't even know or tell you how to make it better or improve your infrastructure whatever yeah. it is don't count anyone out um and so that's another tidbit just about being a leader being a leader not being afraid to reach out and collaborate network learn be a learner a lot of times we get to these spaces and we forget right you need to you need people people need people absolutely and I appreciate you for even allowing me to be a guest, you know, me reaching out like, oh, my gosh, when I heard your, your first episode of the Dr. Grills, I was like, how we got so much in common? Like, she's speaking for me. You know, you just never know the words that you're putting out could be speaking in existence into someone else. So, you know, God put it on my heart. I'm just going to inbox her, you know. I'm, yes, I'm a groupie coming to you because I love everything you did. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you. And in, in the space, in the era that you created, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, you have this expectation, right, what you see because, you know, like, oh, she's going to think I'm the groupie. No, I just want to let you know that I, I hear you. I appreciate you. You know, and let's connect. I appreciate this opportunity to even connect. You have a wonderful soul, you know, and you have a lot of things ahead of you, girl. You keep going. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate you for reaching out. Like I said, I I really do appreciate you for taking this time and not being afraid to reach out, right? Because you could have just like, oh, she got all these visits. <laughs> And even when, and and even having that grit to like continue, like I appreciate you. Like I know that you're busy, and I and I was, um, right. I was, but you took the initiative on the back end to say, okay, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it, right? Again, iron sharpens iron, right? You wanted, uh, we brought it to life, and so I'm only able to do that because I was able to connect with a like-minded woman like yourself. So I thank you. I hope that this is not our last time speaking or engaging. You have my personal number. So, you know, I'm here. Yes. Um, I don't think things happen by accident. Like I said, you said you're from Meridian. I'm like, what? <laughs> Put Meridian but things don't happen by chance and the god that we serve on I'm, I'm, you know it's come on somebody because you know growing up where they say in church come on somebody yes. uh so <laughs> you know what to say <laughs> I, think, you know, I don't think things happen by mistake or on accident and so i'm grateful for the time to continue to grow and collab for anyone else who's looking or would like to be on the podcast or have any questions that you would like me to answer or address talking points on come on somebody, the podcast, feel free to message me or email me info at the fashionable PhD.com or follow me on Instagram and shoot me a DM at the fashionable PhD. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for taking out your time. Every single time I drop an episode, cause I have some 
faithful listeners. And thank you for holding me accountable and sending DMs and saying, when's the next episode? When's the next episode? Thank y'all for your patience and your grace because it's been a minute, but we're back and we're better. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys every week. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.